All right, we've got um, we got him. He got him on the got him on the way. Uh, just getting that message through. Just on this Halloween and and Cup Eve as well. You uh, do you have much of an interest in the the Melbourne Cup at all, Apricot? Uh, only to the extent that my grandfather was quite obsessed with it in terms of watching it. Um, so you know, horse racing was always on at the house. But beyond that, not really. What about yourself? No, look, I'm I'm not a big horse racing uh, person. I think the experience uh, is. Uh, like the whole event is is interesting. It's uh, it's interesting to see people getting out there and enjoying themselves. And when I lived in a different place, we used to see a lot of people getting up in there. Uh, what, what do you call those fascinators? I think is the the term for the the little the hats on top of the the head. If I'm correct, uh, so seeing them all decked out in their their suits and uh, and hats and good guy getaway gear leaving all, all all spruce and all neat for the the Melbourne Cup and then, and it's it's see them like straggling back in the afternoon sort of all bit bedraggled i don't know did you ever uh watch that movie i think it was kenny uh the the bloke who uh looked after the the toilets and there was a scene there with the the Melbourne Cup where the people were all really well done up getting stuck in him for being the dunny man and then at the e- then in the evening when they were coming back, the tables were turned. Nah, never seen it. Uh, it's a bit of a joke amongst my friends and I that I haven't seen anything, unfortunately. But something that I have seen is that our guest, Jeffo, has just joined. I've just spotted Jeffo too, so we'll let his, uh, let his, his earplugs warm up, let him get in there and uh presumably take himself off mute and as soon as we uh as soon as we get him off mute we'll say good evening to hello. jeffo hello jeffo how are you good can you beautiful humans read me loud and clear we can read you loud and clear uh we were just uh talking about the the melbourne cup and a couple of other things more victorian in nature but tonight we're talking about all things New South Wales. So look, let's let's get into it. This is a, a special edition of Talking Ozpol. Uh, Jeffo has uh, been to the the New South Wales Labor State uh, Conference. That'll be the primary topic for tonight. Uh, he has joined us before on on Talking Ozpol and and shared uh, a lot of insights with us. But tonight, uh, given that we're doing our campaign catch uh, campaign check in on the regular Sundays now up until the Victorian election, we didn't want to let this opportunity pass to get uh, to get a lot of details about the New South Wales Labor State Conference. We'll also be talking about the Evett Lecture, and I'll get you to correct me on the pronunciation here. Is it the Daniel Dennehy oration? Uh, yep, that's right. That's that's correct. Uh, you got it. Okay, so the Daniel Dennehy oration and also uh, Musicians Australia Union meeting with the New South Wales Art Minister. So look, we'll keep an eye on the chat as well tonight to see if people have questions. We will be fitting it into our 60-minute format uh, tonight. So the New South Wales Labor State Conference is the primary to- topic. Let's get started with there. Give us a bit of an overview. 
fill us in, uh, tell us what your experience was and what the, the structure. And if we uh, need to, we'll, we'll pause in between for to, to clarify a few things and go to a bit more detail. So fire away, Jeffo, start on the New South Wales State Conference. Oh, well, thank you for um, yeah inviting me along to talk um, and for making a special little podcast um, just for me. Thank you so much, RD. I love your beautiful Our face. Pleasure. Um, well, the, <laughs> the, the state labor conference, you know, it's a you know part and parcel uh, traditions happened for at least uh, uh, at least 120 years, I'd say, uh, uh, before the 1890s um, or in the 1890s it started. Uh, but uh, during COVID, obviously, there was a two two year break. Um, Essentially, uh, delegates from the branch members of uh, and branch members uh, of the New South Wales Labor Party uh, all can join uh, in town hall and uh, amend uh, amend movements uh, into the party's platform each year. Uh, so that's the general structure of it. Um, of course, a lot of the amendments uh, do get circulated through the factional players i'm not going to lie there before um getting uh, approved uh, and they the head kickers will will check every delegate to make sure that um they're voting in line most of the time but uh the parts where i'm most excited about uh or uh, interested in in, in uh, platforming are the times when people go against uh, uh the grain of their factional overlords right <laughs> okay. Um, all, all right. Yep. Uh, just give us a. But I. I wouldn't mind. <laughs> I wouldn't mind hearing a. A couple of those little. Uh, those little juicy ones. But just give us an overview of the. The conference, as I see, saw you had. Oh, as I see from the agenda, uh, you had uh, Albanese there. You had New Unions, New South Wales addressed by Mark Morey. and uh, the next day you also had the uh, New South Wales Labor leader. Chris Minns. Just give us a bit of a feel for how the those people were received. Um, and oh, sure, yeah, yeah. just just about how how they how they came across in your perception. Oh, sure. Okay. Well, um, yeah. So I, I wasn't a delegate. I was only there in observer capacity. And um, so each person picks up their little pass from Trade Unions Hall and the uh, the day prior and makes their way to Sydney Town Hall over the Saturday and Sunday. And um, look, Albanese was uh, definitely received uh, very warmly um, by the people there. Um, in my perception, it uh, it felt as if um, Albanese had more uh, wind beneath his feet uh, than Chris Minns. Um, mm. A couple of observers that I was sitting next to um, – uh, were even at pains to say that uh, Mins looked like a bit of an actor uh, in comparison. So, uh, look, I think that's the uh, that's probably also down to the difference in, you know, statesmanship or whatever you want to call it, like government government experience. Um, yep. Albanese's obviously been, yeah, uh, in uh, government before. Um, so, uh, look. Uh, the union's New South Wales uh, speech uh, was also received um, very well, and I'd say this: despite the uh, left's 
the left wing's faction structural deficit in the Labor Party um, at this conference uh, compared to the last one I went to in in, in uh, 2019. Uh, it was way more um, way more impactful and platformed. So uh, I saw that as a welcoming sign as well. Okay. Well, look, you had mentioned the the factions before. Keep in mind, there's a, a number of people here who are, are not only not involved with um, New South Wales uh, state labour, uh, but also uh, not not completely up on a number of the, the, the different things with the, the factions. And, and I do understand, particularly from speaking to Apricot with his experience of the Greens, there's, there's almost fractions of factions so if we oh it's gross it's gross yeah yeah if we can sort of stay a little bit above that granularity can you give a little bit of a an outline for non-new south wales people and non-new south wales labor people roughly the type of factions that you would you would find at something like the uh, new south wales labor state conference sure um so they're uh, usually tied to unions themselves um and also to university politics. Um, so there is sometimes a, uh, a ah, mismatch. That's interesting. Uh, uh, between um, also what the youth want um, at some of these uh, state labor conferences versus uh, unions. And sometimes they work in concert as well uh, to pr- provide a kind of pipeline um, for apparatchiks, if you will. Um, so. Yep. Uh, most common unions at, uh, well, the, the ones that got the most airtime at the state labor conference were, uh, the, the, uh, United Workers Union, uh, Hospitality Services Union as well. And, uh, the CFMEU, uh, right. And, uh, uh, in relation to, uh, um, amendments like housing, um, that's, you know, where the juicy stuff was for me. Um, because the branch members had actually um, drafted up an amendment uh, to change something from in principle to um, adopted uh, uh, around public housing, banning privatisation of public housing and and making sure that public housing stock uh, increases uh, with the rate of population growth. So, um, So... It, it, it signaled to me um, uh, even the uh, uh, the state executive, uh, which, you know, they run the deliberations. Um, they even tried to uh, stop the delegates from speaking. So delegates on all motions get, you know, about three minutes to speak. Um, right. And they said, they said that for this particular motion to uh, improve labor, New South Wales labor uh, housing uh, policy, uh, that the speakers had waived their right to speak, um, but they just shouted over the microphone anyway, and uh, got it got it adopted. So, um, oh, hey, hey, let's, let's, let's well, let's let's get a let's get a little bit of, a little bit into the weeds of of that. You know, I'm I'm one of these people who aren't familiar with the the workings there. There's two there's two uh, two big questions that come as a result of that. One. Were they within their rights, the executive there, to essentially censor the people from speaking? And two, whether they were or weren't, uh, 
given that that speech was essentially prohibited, how did that allow those uh, th- those motions to a, a, a pass to pass? Uh, wh- what are the mechanics there? Uh, well, uh, the delegates, you know, are allowed to speak. Uh, so um, uh, the bloke in question, Zach, uh, he's from the Enmore branch and, uh, oh, sorry, the Newtown branch. And uh, he just spoke over the microphone and said, no, I do not waive my right to speak. Um, and the tech crew uh, turned his microphone back on. Uh, the process mm. is that the person, yeah, gets the opportunity to still speak to assure that they waive their right not to speak. Um, but, you know, it's to be expected uh, from a uh, um, Michelle. Uh, she's the uh, communications minister. And federally, yep. um, uh, uh, but she's there on the state executive as well. And, uh, yeah, she uh, is a... Uh, Put this put it this way, in Kevin Rudd's own words, Michelle is a bit of a wholly owned subsidiary of News Corp. So uh, she doesn't like uh, motions that uh, that that fundamentally change what New South Wales policies are. But does she have the the, the power to essentially waive someone else's right in lieu of them actually uh, stating they've waived it? Yeah, well, I mean, I guess if there was, you know, a less convicted person, um, you they would just sit down, and uh, and then the motion would never even get a um, a vote. So, um, yes, they do have the right to say that they've been informed that someone wants to waive their right to speak. Um, but again, it's almost down to the individual in that in that moment uh, to. Uh, yeah, to uh, to speak whether they want to or not. Um, is it any sort of? Um, a, 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 sorry, go on, Apricot. Sorry, I just wanted to ask: Is that a common occurrence? That kind of like behaviour? Uh, it's common uh, in New South Wales and uh, has been for a while, which is uh, also probably why uh, the Liberals have been in power here for uh, yeah twelve years. Hmm. Thanks. Yeah. Look, it's 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 an interesting. That this is this was some of the nitty gritty I wanted to get into because for a lot of us who aren't as uh, as as deeply involved uh, with with political parties such as yourself and and Apricot, uh, a lot of this is it's educational. It's a bit of an eye opener. Like you, that's that's surprising to me that you can have someone in in power essentially issuing a royal decree to say, well, you have waived your, your, your right to waive, and unless they actually stand up for themselves, <laughs> they get away with it. That's a, huh, that's a, well, they almost get away with it. Um, well, and they, well, they, they have, tried it on. Yeah, they tried it on, exactly. And that's the problem, uh, you know, and it's it's it also links to the, the wider, you know, the wider conference itself. Um you know the fringe. There's a fringe program that's associated with the conference. So different labor interest groups, historical, current groups, put together. You know their little events and they run them alongside. Uh, right. The conference is, is this. Is this and is are they sort of in line with the factions, or is that a, a, another uh, set of elements entirely? 
Uh, it's another set of elements entirely, but uh, I wanted to bring it up because the one of the meetings I went to was about, you know, the uh, uh, Whitlam government 50 years since then. And, um, you know, right below the conference floor uh, where there's, you know, 200 delegates sitting down or 300 delegates, the um, uh, John Faulkner and Tony Whitlam were talking about problems in the New South Wales um, <laughs> internal party structures and the need to reform them to uh, allow uh, uh, more people power and democracy um, through that internal structure. So, uh, you know, they they kind of alluded to Whitlam changing the internal party structure of the federal Labor and state Labor caucuses in the 60s and 70s and uh, made the case that it should happen for New South Wales as well. Um, to ensure it has any success in the coming decades. So I found that comparison um, or that that specific uh, fringe event uh, really powerful because it, uh, yeah, it pointed to what you said about a culture that's kind of set in amongst some of the mm. state executive. In fact, it's all it's almost uh, it, it's almost sim symbolic. Uh, what's your uh, just giving a, a a personal opinion here? Uh, what's what's your personal opinion about that that suggestion about these changes that need to be in place? Uh, as as we discussed in that uh, the, the the essentially a, a little side conference. Um, what's your opinion on those changes needing to be in place in order to ensure the success of the New South Wales Labor Party? Oh, hundred um... percent. Obviously, uh, you know, most of the people down there were fucking seventy-year-olds. Oh, sorry for mm. swearing. Um, oh, that's 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 all right. This go this goes out on on the podcast. It goes out as explicit, so don't worry. Okay. <laughs> um, so most of the people down there were seventy-year-olds, but there were a, f a few uh, young, you know, uh, labor members and uh, you know uni students who were listening in as well. So I think that the message is is uh, slowly seeping in that, yeah, you need strong internal and democratic democratic internal party structures in order to thrive. Uh, mm. I mean, uh, I think that's what's, you know, uh, seen the uh, languishing of some other state liberal parties around the place is that they allow their uh, internal platform policy uh, creation to be dictated by the few and and it uh it leads to worse outcomes um in terms of even the survivability of the party so yeah a hundred percent um the kinds of things they were talking about uh about uh really putting out education programs because when you said you know that people aren't educated about yeah. what's happening in the what is actually the internal labor party structures and this kind of thing most of the fucking Labor members aren't either. <laughs> so they don't know the power that they have at their branches just to write a motion that they want to happen. And then if they get its assent from their fellow branch members, oh, they can affect the Labor state platform. But none of the none of the people even have, or hardly any of the Labor members and the young Labor members uh, get, this, get this kind of education because, uh, as I said, uh, it uh, it has rotted a bit. I would say, while the Labor Party, I'd say this: the Labor Party is 
in the conference uh, showed signs that you know Labor was ready for government and does yep. have a pretty good chance of winning next next year, but it it also reflected uh, long term prospects of of um, of withering, if you get what I mean. Yeah. Look, mm. it's, and look, it's, we've got a there's a we've got a comment here for in the. Um, in the chat from uh, Wozniak M9103, I've been to a Liberal Party conference before. Same thing happens there too, which I can't say is is heartening. I also got another comment too, which ties the two of them together from nobody's favourite. Do the majors not see this is part of why their primary vote is dropping through the floor? Which uh, we've we've sort of addressed the descent of the majors on on talking Ozpol, but uh mm. what you're what you're talking about there is essential to the culture of the party and the culture of the party moves out to the party faithful who then s- spread it out to the, the the people closest to them and if you've got that sort of uh well, I suppose d- d- division and 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 lack of uh, you know wanting to to strive for that unity. I think that's a fair comment to say that it's it's going to be it's it's going to create a negativity in that culture. Oh yeah, yeah. And f- for me, it's uh, you know you almost have to take it upon yourself. Like I'm at I'm at the University of Newcastle, and you know. And the next year, that's that's what I'm going to be hammering is about what the actual powers you have are as a as a Labor member and and the internal party structures because that is a uh, you know a, a goal of mine is to you know I see I see the potential for measures to get adopted despite the grain and uh, that's something that I want want to keep happening uh, until the grain stops people uh, stops stopping people from from uh, acting in their, their democratic interest uh, within yeah. regards to the, um, you know, internal party policy creation and, and, and amendment. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's my personal um, contribution, I guess, uh, in regards to that. And, yeah, like I said, I think the, yeah, the party is well-placed to, you know, make a really solid attempt at getting rid of the Liberal government in uh, 2023. Uh, and you know, you guys in liberal uh, in uh, in Victoria, Schmictoria, um, yep. have had the benefit of not having uh, the direct aristocracy lord over you. So, look, con- congrats on that, and mm. Um, mm. I hope that uh, you <laughs> uh, you continue to have uh, more independence, more greens, and in uh, in more people being able to hold the government to account. Yeah, look, I, I I agree. You know, there's uh, democracy. Democracy is certainly not uh, perfect, but in its its pure form, it does let truth rise to the the surface, and uh, truth really needs to be accepted, regardless of how unpalatable it might be to ideology. So I I can I can understand yeah. your, your 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 desire uh, to to be pushing I mean- a that yeah i'm studying to be a teacher as well so i look at the education policies of labor and i think okay uh not not only does it serve my own interests but i believe that they are better ones for the state 
as well. So there, there are elements as well, of course, of personal interest. Um, but it's about whether your personal interest also, you know, is a, a just a, a direct relation to uh, what your community is feeling. Um, so, yeah, there's there's personal reasons why – there's always going to be personal reasons why you do things, um, uh, but it's about making sure that, um, yeah, there's enough checks anyways. Um, yeah, yeah. Look, you did when, – when you touched on the you – know, the, the, the overarching ruling and that were certainly uh you know albanese he's he's got uh multiple uh labor uh, state labor parties to to build to to put together one of the things i've found with with conferences in other in in other areas is being there, you can actually get a, a feel for what the crowd's doing, how the crowd moves, who comes into the room, and who leaves the room. Uh, for Albo's part of the, and I'm assuming you were there for it, uh, for, for Albo's part of the conference, one, were you there? And two, what sense did you get in the, the, the room of the level of, of uh, support and interest in what he had to say? Look, um, yeah, I was there at uh, at nine a.m. Uh, from nine a.m. on Saturday, and I got the train from Panania there. <laughs> so, um, yeah, like I said, Albanese. Uh, I, I did make a little Reddit post about it and uh, posted a Facebook uh, version of the of his speech to the Reddit uh, to the subreddit, um, but. Yeah, for me, uh, Albo spoke incredibly well and the room, you know, felt a sense that, oh, with, this, with the federal government uh, now changed, oh, we could actually change the state government too. So I don't want to deny uh, the crowd of people there. Um, you know, you talked about unity before. I think that there is a culture of um, self-interest that, hurts unity in the Labor Party, but because they've yep. been out of power for uh, 12 years, uh, there is a, you know, it's a it's a fallacy you don't want to get stuck in, but it's, you know, sometimes you become stronger momentarily because you're united against an opposition, or an opposition yes. force. Yep, yep, I can um, see that. So, uh, and... Uh, and like I said, the uh, state, you know, Labor Party platform has actually drifted uh, quite leftward uh, again to, you know, uh, public ownership of assets that the Labor Party, some of the uh, Labor Party sold some of them off. But uh, mm. it, it, regardless, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's welcoming and it's, uh, it will make market improvements in people's lives. And um, yeah. Oh, excellent. Well, look, I'd ask the same uh, the the same question about your. Um, again, I'm assuming you were in uh, the the room for for Chris Minns. Uh, you you alluded before that there was you know, a bit of a difference in reception between Albo and 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 Minns. But same question before the the feel of the the crowd coming into the the room, uh, just essentially their reaction to him. Uh, assuming you were there, what did you observe? Yeah, so I was there on the Sunday and as well um, only really to hear Min speak because uh, I had to go um, 
uh, early uh, on Sunday afternoon. But um, when people filed in, you know, um, it 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 did feel like he uh, was ready to be premier. Um, but hmm. again, um, the observers I were with on the on the top floor, you know, and observers kind of. Uh, you can take this with a grain of salt because observers like myself um, are not delegates. And so we yep. may not have as much of a interest uh, in the characters, um, or not the, uh, the, le- the leaders that we have, I in, as in we don't have an interest in, in sycophantic leaders. Um, mm. And uh, so, yeah, the observers I was with were you know, commenting that he looks like an actor and, and this kind of thing. Um, but the union delegates and, and, and all the people on the floor, um, yeah, were quite, were quite just ecstatic um, at the end of his speech. So, uh. Uh, Well, look, that's, that's, that's a positive. It go, goes back to that, you know, what, what flows out and what's part of the, the culture. Now, I need to – got a few things to go through – um, here, so I want to make sure that we touch on them. If we have any time, sorry if I've been talking too much or over the top of you guys. The whole purpose was to hear what you had to to say, so that's why I'm I'm asking a couple of questions. I want to actually hear what you've got to say. Neither Thanks, Apricot nor, nor nor myself were there. Uh, so look, if we've got time to go back to a couple of the questions on the conference, we will. But I want to move on to the Everett Lecture, Daniel Danahy and the Musicians Australia. Now, the Everett Lecture, uh, as I understood it, that was uh, Linda Burney, the Minister for Indigenous Australians, uh, giving that. And from what I read, I'm not familiar with the Everett Lecture, but from what I uh, read... Th- uh, the topic was the referendum to enshrine an Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander voice to Parliament in our Constitution and the implementation of the Uluru Statement. Uh, mm. Can you give us a, a, a bit of a, a bit of a feel for? I, I mean, yeah, people can can uh, read the transcript online, but there's no substitute for being there. So, so give me give us a little bit of a feel about for how it it went down and what are the strength of her message? Yeah, look, um, this is a big one for me. Um, Yep. Yeah, look, uh, I've been uh, happily involved with the the voice campaign um, for a couple of years, Um, or the campaign for the uh, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander voice. Um, And to actually meet... Um, the event, yeah, it was at uh, Sydney Uni, and uh, to actually meet Linda Burney, uh, Thomas Mayer, um, Arnie Fran, who was there on the Freedom Rides, uh, back in the 60s, uh, uh, to Canberra, uh, to call for Indigenous people to, uh, uh you know, uh, not be recognized as flora and fauna anymore. Um, it was, mm. yeah, a deeply personal connection that I have to that, to that, uh, to those people and, and to, to meet them for the first time and, you know, the openness of it, right. Uh, yep. They spoke for, you know, maybe a combined total of an hour and a half, um, the four speakers and uh, right. the university of Sydney was, you know, really what um, uh, the vice chancellor was there as well. And he called, you know, a, 
historical moment waiting. But for me, um, you know, it's the conversations that we had after, um, you know, Thomas Mayer and Linda Burney stuck around for uh, an extra two and a half hours uh, just to talk to the people wow. who attended. That's yes. a good effort. Yes. Um, and that for me just showed, you know, the humility. I mean, the Everett Foundation uh, is one of these, you know, uh, you know, labor think tanks um, that, uh, you know, looks for uh, matters of legal, social, and economic importance. Um, is mm -hmm. like their kind of mission. And um, I think that the, the setting up a voice, you know, an institution that can uh, begin the process of uh, truth telling, but also set in motion, you know, other kinds of uh, really big changes. Um, yeah, just hearing that from Linda straight up was really empowering. So, yeah, I got a lot out of that experience. And um, yeah, thanks. Uh, <laughs> I'm a bit, yeah. Yeah, it obviously well, it, it, it obviously hit you in the heart. So yeah, yeah. For me, it's the you know the opportunity to directly hear from a leader. I think if you ever get you know the opportunity to hear from people in person that are you know trying to embark upon really big changes to the country, you know it's mm. all well and good to sit and listen to the commentators um, after the fact and whatever platform they're on abc or sky news and you know listen to them and how they've chalked up the person's words um and minced it around or i saw what was his name uh bolt talking about mm. how you know uh the voice is just uh labor trying to create an aboriginal state and i thought yeah, yeah. mate like so i, I think if you ever get the opportunity to hear from these people in person when they're when they're undertaking big projects like this, uh, it it really is worthwhile because you get a different impression than you would seem from uh, from people after the fact. So, um, I would I, look. I, I would agree with you on that. Yeah, it's 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 no it's no secret. I I'm skeptical, verging on cynical, cynical about. Uh, a lot of our politicians, a lot of our our party, I I, I make no make no secret of that. Um, mm. However, I I would I would say when I have heard people uh, and look, I haven't heard from Linda Burney, but using her as an example, when I have heard from people who are in those positions and met them in person, it's a very different experience. Uh, it it's certainly there's there's a humanizing experience uh yeah it's it's different you know s sitting there on the lounge shouting at someone on the tv versus eye contact uh, <laughs> and yeah and there is and look this might sound a bit woo woo and and, and winking at but there is a certain vibration that comes from being in the presence of somebody that uh enhances the communication and the the essence of that experience. So, I I would yeah. I would agree I, I would agree with you that it, it matters. And for something like this, that was important for you to be able to be there and experience that on top of something that means uh, so much to you, I can get why that would have been would have been so powerful for you. Yeah, I think you know 
listening to Annie Fran, she mentioned, you know, the three R's, um, responsibility, uh, respect, and reciprocity. And um, she used those as a kind of a way to frame uh, what the Uluru Statement from the Heart uh, actually uh, is. So um, is calling for um, and, uh, you know, allowing First Nations people the opportunity to really uh, be custodians of the land in a more structural way um, yeah. because obviously it will be tasked with, you know, um, putting forward submissions to the Makarata Commission and looking, you know, being the megaphone uh, almost, if you will. Um, and for a lot of people, you know, when I heard Thomas Mayer speak uh, before him, so he wrote Finding uh, the Heart of the Nation, which is an awesome right. book. You should read it. Um, and he travelled with the Uluru Statement around the country. And hearing him speak about, you know, Aboriginal people, uh, Indigenous peoples have made so many voices before, uh, whether they were government or, or, or you know, uh, uh, civil society groups like the Aboriginal Advancement League. Uh, we've had right. so many petitions, uh, the Yurka, uh, Yurkala um, petitions, the Bark petitions to the king. Uh, over the last, you know, 12, uh, 12 13 decades. And uh, I think he made the point that this one is different because it's, it's, it's an invitation, first and foremost, for people to read the Uluru Statement. It's not a, uh, it's not a, it is a product of the uh, constitutional conventions that happened. Yep. Um, but that doesn't mean, um, yeah. It, 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 it's a product of that. That happened uh, from 2014 to 2017. Um, and it's yeah, an invitation for people to to read themselves and to see whether they agree with, with what's contained within it. And, you know, for all the people, I know I've had lots of... I, I, would, I really want to dialogue with people on the subreddit who view it as a racist, a racist thing or an institution that is inherently racist. Mm. You know, it's not just about race here. It's about living cultures and civilization that has existed on the continent uh, for 65,000 years. And uh, in the bosom of that, within the last 24 decades, you know, is the Australian state. So it really isn't just about race. It's about the issue of how do we work together to have, you know, a co-sponsored sovereignty here uh, without going into, in, into a bloody endeavor um, again. So, uh, that's yeah. That's look, it, I, yeah, I, 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 when you were saying that you had made the comment before about your that this seems as though it may be different, and when you were elaborating on that, it seems to be a a, a different approach. Uh, it seems to be a lot more two sided than that than many other. Uh, yeah, I'm. Uh, what am I? I'm 58. Yeah, I'm 58. Uh, so, you know, so I've got a, a bit of a, a memory of a number of, you know, schemes and promises and plans and projects that all just fell apart that did just seem to be predominantly driven by the, from the government side. This time, what I'm seeing is something that uh, it seems a, a bit more clued into 
the 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 process uh it seems to be uh, more of a cooperative suggestion look I, I don't think you're ever going to get race out of it because one it makes great clickbait two you, you, you are, <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it does and two you're literally talking brown and black and white and yeah you are yeah. you can you, you're talking those those sorts of just purely visual differences so that's that's always going to be there but uh yeah I that think, gets a bit te- me te- tedious the... so Mm. Yeah, and yeah, I think know, the last and, thing and I, so, I want to say yeah. on it is that that night was really was really good because they allowed themselves to speak to some of the rank and file um, who attend that lecture, and and you don't even have to be a Labor member to attend these things. You know, I mean, yeah. it's a notional think tank, so like that's all I do. I just look for these whatever whatever think tanks or organisations are there and go to these events. But what I wanted to say is the people look at the Constitution as, a, you know, a dead document. And mm. for most of the much of the 20th century, the Labor Party tried to change the Constitution so that it could follow its economic program. And uh, they failed a lot of the time. So I think that, you know, when we look at the 2021 State of the Environment report and just how, you know, destroyed the Australian ecological sphere is in the span of 200 years, I think that, you know, this is an opportunity to have the voice and to have these larger trajectories uh, to treaty and this kind of thing uh, Mm. as a way to fundamentally shift uh, the uh, ability for, you know, custodianship to shine through uh, more fully because uh, if we allow that to happen, then we can actually have, you know, uh, the beautiful ecological sphere that Australians love, um, and it, it will be a benefit to all people. So I, I think the race element grates me because it's almost as if like um, you're caught up in a construction that is primarily of European making, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Look, it's it's just it's just grit in the it's just grit in the machine. <laughs> it's uh, yeah. It's 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 not. Yeah, it, it's it might sound funny given the subject. But ultimately, um, it's not a main part of the picture. So, look, uh, I don't know whether it can get it avoided, but I tend to agree with you. It's 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 way way more than that, and it seems to be getting close to being viewed that way. And I think that's a I think that's a strong positive. Uh, yeah, well, and I, I, you know, even a liberal even a liberal wrote a book called The Case for Treaty and uh, for Voice. Um, so. There is, you know, cross-party support for this. Um, sorry, if you wanted to ask a question, yeah. Adi, go for it. I don't mean to cut you off. No, I was, I was going. What was it? it makes for a nice segue. Writing a, a book tells it goes to one of uh, Australia's journalists, Daniel Danahy, in the uh, oration. Uh, had a quick look. Saw he was an Australian journalist, orator, and politician, and early advocate of democracy in colonial New South Wales. Uh, this year's one, from what I saw, was that uh, Matt Thistlewaite, Assistant Minister for the Republic, uh, gave the Daniel Dennehy oration. Uh, how do you think Matt Thistlewaite filled those shoes of Daniel Dennehy? Mate, well, I mean, he had a the prepared paper in front of him. Um, 
so I was at Goulburn Soldiers Club and I trained there for about five hours um, uh, from Newcastle. And uh, he spoke uh, incredibly well and I think lived up to his name. And um, the Australian uh, actually has an article uh, about the night. Um, and Thistlethwaite, you know, pointed to 1975. He pointed to to Morrison's ministries, and he said these kinds of things show a fundamental weakness um, in our democracy, and that the Governor General is accountable to the Queen. And uh, I think he really made strongly the case uh, that an Australian head of state, as part of a republic, is a uh, is something to be. To wish for and and the the funny thing was the questions that people had at the end you know people are always hung up on like the 1999 referendum about the model but when i was in the room the questions people asked this with wait at the end of the oration they weren't about the model primarily they were about mm. what are the systems that we are going to take to get people on board um one lady even asked the question shouldn't we just rewrite the constitution from scratch uh, which mm. I was a deep fan of um, because only seven people really wrote it in the first place. Um, so, yeah, I, I think uh, Thistlethwaite is a great orator and um, they need to wheel him out to more conferences and more. he needs to deliver some more speeches because his ability to connect longer-term historical events is really good. Oh, okay. Well, that's well, that's that's very positive. I can hear that in your I can hear that in your voice. Always satisfying making the effort to go somewhere and 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 somebody delivers. I didn't I didn't want to travel for ten hours there and back just to be uh, sorely disappointed. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> what, what what would you say his main uh, the the main takeaway would have have been if you had, had if you could summarize his. Uh, his oration and like distill it down to a couple of of takeaway points. What would they have been for you? Um, the first takeaway point was that he actually, you know, really talked about how uh, the voice follows in the trajectory of the republic. So we we do the voice first um, to give you know first first nations people recognition um, because you know. Uh, uh, They've maintained their own communities, you know, on this soil for a long time. And then he moved into how uh, the Republic within the next 10 years uh, should, you know, we should have a referendum uh, uh, in this, uh, perhaps in the second term um, of government. And uh, like I said, the questions that people asked really got some good answers out of him. So it's been reported on now, but uh, he wishes to set up uh, some kinds of citizens' assemblies uh, across the nation uh, in 2023 uh, and 2024 to hear out uh, what kind of models people want. Um, so mm. that seems like a a clear a clear uh, direction on on how the referendum might be handled differently this time in order to build consensus across the country. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, instead yep. of instead of. Uh, Sort of what happened last time, where there wasn't that much uh, community involvement. I think that uh, Thistlethwaite no. understands to get the referendum across on that on the Republic, it requires a similar kind of um, level of community involvement that the Uluru Statement has. 
Oh. Uh, well, that's uh, I I like the idea of that that model. I think that uh, you get that in, you get that input. There's a greater sense of ownership. Uh, but look, changing tune. Uh, Musicians Australia union meeting with the New South Wales Art Minister. Two questions. Uh, first off, why particular did this catch your interest? And uh, what can you tell us about the meeting with the New South Wales Arts Minister, who I got to admit, I didn't get time to look up and say the name, so you can fill us in on that as as well. But uh, one, what's your, <laughs> what's your interest? And two, what was your uh, commentary on it? Okay, well, uh, no, no problem, my date. You know, it's a, it's a lot of events and things to cover in one, one, uh, one podcast. Um, his name is Benjamin Franklin. Uh, he's a, you know, just oh, think of a... the, uh, the president. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he, uh, he's from the country. He seems a bit, uh, yeah. He seemed a bit more, uh, I mean, in his uh, own personal life, if you look at his career, you know, working for UNICEF and these kinds of organisations, seems like an outlier in the nationals in terms of his internationalist approach. <laughs> um, but um, my particular interest, uh, you know, I've, I've been volunteering and uh, also working as a um, an organiser uh, with the Musicians Union of Australia. Um, for the last year, yeah, and uh, it's a division of uh, MIA, which is Media Entertainment Arts Alliance. And I just got out of a meeting uh, with them uh, in the hour prior to this podcast. But we went, uh, you know, it's been a it's been a long twelve month, fourteen month campaign to get states to sign up to a, a two hundred and fifty dollar minimum fee. Uh, for musicians, um, for publicly funded gigs, and so uh, we obtained. Okay, uh, okay, yep. Yeah. So after a year of, um, we sent a letter to the New South Wales Arts Minister uh, a year ago. Um, we were able to secure a meeting with Create New South Wales, which is the body that does the state cultural planning. So they, you know, plan out 20, 30 years in advance what they want the state's culture to look like, which is a bit you know heavy-handed i would say um and uh, <laughs> um and when we went there you know they pretended like they they didn't have any influence over industry and we were like okay well you guys are you guys are obviously um you know uh you know uh masking what what real power you have here and um, but we secured the meeting with the minister and uh look can i say um you know despite um, personal uh, apprehensions about speaking with, uh, you know, uh, people from the national side in particular, um, he was yep. really nice to speak to. And uh, uh, he gave, you know, uh, in principle support. So Musicians Australia is working with him um, across the future, um, across the next six months. And, you know, you could see it as an electioneering thing um, because the election's in March. Sure. Um, but I'll give him a, I'll give him a chance. And let's face it. If someone's going to write protest songs, it's going to be someone from the Musicians Australia Union, isn't it? <laughs> oh yeah, mate. Yeah. That's, that's, a, that's a... <laughs> yeah, you can't, <laughs> that's you, 
you can't underestimate that. Well, look, hey, the, we're, the, we're the backlash old mate would get. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Exactly. Hey, look, we're coming up to the the hour, so look, we'll 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 wrap it up. I really appreciate you uh, taking the the time, Jeffo. Uh, been very interesting to hear what you've you had to say. It was great getting a wrap up on the New South Wales State Conference. I enjoyed that. The information on the Everett lecture lecture. I appreciated you uh, letting the the emotions come through a bit on that. That's uh, yeah, that was that meant something to hear that. Daniel Danaher or Daniel Danaher or oration. Uh, that was that was pleasing to hear how how good Matt Thistleweight was with that. And Musicians Australia, two hundred and fifty bucks sounds pretty reasonable to me. So, look, I. Again, I thank you for your 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 time. Apricot and I are both uh, both pleased that you were able to to make it for this evening. And look, just want to thank to everybody in the the chat who participated. We didn't get to everybody's question, but we want to thank nobody's favourite Wozniak M nine one zero three Independence Human twenty two uh, and Endesai. Uh, people can read their their comments in the the chat if they want but yeah big thank you to tonight and thank you to the talking uh ospol audience uh very pleased that uh we're getting a few responses for that online and that you're uh here to allow us to do a special edition something a bit different so look enjoy the rest of your night jeffo and thank you very much for joining us thank you for having me and uh, Apricot, <laughs> can I hear your voice before the podcast ends? Yes, I'm here. Sorry, I haven't been contributing much, but alas, New South Wales is opaque to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, Victoria is opaque to me too. Uh, well, and you can li- listen to Apricot talk about Victoria, and you can you can have a listen. Yeah, so, look, for the thanks next everyone. Six fucking weeks. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, exactly. The next six fucking weeks, you're exactly you're exactly right. So look, thanks again, everyone, for for, for joining us. Uh, enjoy the rest of your night, and uh, we'll, we'll see you. We'll see you again next Sunday, or see you, speak to you again next Sunday at eleven thirty. Uh, so at ten o'clock Australian Eastern Daylight Time for the campaign catch up ca- uh, campaign check in edition. But thank you very much, Jeffo, and uh, we'll no look worries. at those those what you've got on there tonight and might get you to post a, a couple of the links to uh there was you mentioned that article in the australian but also the uh video i think it was of, of albanese um that you said you had had posted in the reddit so just as a prompt yeah. for people who've listened tonight uh that that'd be great if you could do that uh we will speak to everyone later good evening happy halloween bye yeah. see ya, <laughs> see ya.